Hi, I'm Tom Coffin, CEO and President and Co-Founder of Simply Reliable Incorporated. Welcome to the Smartpreneur Podcast. What's a smartpreneur, you might ask? Well, a smartpreneur, in our opinion, is someone that focuses on working on their business, not just in their business. And our Smartpreneur Podcasts are designed to bring you some relevant information each week about your business and different parts of that business. It could be marketing, it could be workflow, it could be labor, uh, it could be business operations, many things that we'll talk about each week on the podcast. You can also check out our Smartpreneur blog at simplyreliable.com. And of course, our Smartpreneur podcast is brought to you by Simply Reliable, makers of Smart Office and Design Machine, the complete end-to-end -end solution for business process for systems integrators. So thanks for joining us today, and I hope you enjoy the show. This week on the Smartpreneur Podcast, we welcome Marilyn Sanford. Marilyn is a serial entrepreneur. She founded SmartFX. She founded LinkEdge. She's owned, grown, and sold with Scala, Connected Spaces, and Pacific Tech. And she's a Cedia Fellow. Please welcome Marilyn Sanford. Well, hi, Marilyn. How are you? I'm great. Thanks very much, Tom. Good. Appreciate you being with us. Yes, pleasure. Well, folks, we have a, a great opportunity. We have Marilyn Sanford with us. And uh, Marilyn's been in the industry and has lots and lots of experience. And she's going to share some of that experience with us today on the Smartpreneur podcast. And, of course, you can read her blogs. Uh, she's one of the faculty members that, that writes for the Smartpreneur blog on simplyreliable.com. So, Marilyn, uh, I'm curious about your background. Um, you know, what... What took you from being a CPA, you know, accountant uh, person, basically, to essentially ending up not only one, but I, I think it's been three uh, different integration type firms and becoming a real thought leader uh, and a CDA fellow in the industry? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting question. And um, it, it was actually an evolution, just something that evolved over a number of years. My first involvement in technology came from a position that I had, probably the first serious professional position that I had with a multinational company that was a wood forest products company, uh, all sorts of forest products, not just, uh, you know, they did engineered wood as well, which I got involved in, which was very cool. And um, I wanted to leave the city. So they hired me to work up in the Queen Charlotte's, which I absolutely loved. And I started to get involved with a whole pile of different elements in, in my involvement with, with, uh, with the company. And it led me into a real interest in technology. But to get that position, I actually had to engage in an accounting program because it, it, was, a, a, uh, uh, it was on that side of the business. I ended up being the, one of the department heads, but it was for the, uh, the business systems. So I became a CGA over the years that I worked with them, which got me into the numbers side. But I always really loved technology. The mm -hmm. last posting I had with them was for Paralam, which was a very cool engineered wood product. And we use PLCs. And those are programmable logical controllers. And I just really got into that and what, what that was all about and how that worked. Commensurate with that, I was building, I built three houses along the road as well. And I just started putting technology in my own home 
And then I decided to quit and see what I could do to pursue a business in, in evolving technology and house construction. Interesting. So did you, uh, <laughs> did, did you start the, the, the first company or did you buy it? And, and I started it. I, I, started it. I lived at that point, I lived on an Island. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, Vancouver Island. It's a, it's a large Island. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just wanted to sort of see what I could do to start my own business and work on my own business. So I started a company, I called it Smart Systems. Um, I got involved, I, I pitched to builders, I pitched networks, putting networks in houses and where technology was going and why you wouldn't want to build a house that didn't have a network in it. This was in 1991, by the way, 1991, 92. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there was a lot of that. Pardon me? Well, you said you were way ahead of the curve. Yeah, <laughs> well, this, this sometimes that's not a good thing, but um, but it, it was fueled by by a real excitement for where I thought this industry could go, and so I actually found out that AMP and a couple of other large companies, mostly in the uh, electrical contracting era, and, and and actually the birthing place of Elon, by the way, were putting on right. a program. Yeah for um, to train people in smart technology, smart house technology. And they had this hybrid system set up where you'd wire the whole house. It was really, really sophisticated. Fell flat on its face, by the way. But but that started and we got trained. I By that time, I'd met a gentleman in Vancouver who um, was involved with another startup that was that was actually going out of business. And we partnered. And um, we we started, and unfortunately, we started with X10. <laughs> <laughs> didn't we all? <laughs> yeah, didn't we all? HAI and X10. So then, did smart systems then uh, turn into La Scala? No, no. Smart systems turned into Smart FX. Okay. And La Scala at the time was in Vancouver. They were working um, on the audio, video, home theaters, multi-room audio side, not the integration side. We came into this with integration. Mm-hmm. And so um, for from our perspective, there's a lot of slogging to do this. Um, yeah. We started obviously bringing in audio systems and bringing in home theaters. And, you know, I remember selling um, projectors for 120,000 bucks. Right. This is a lot of years ago. And um, they, by the end of the 90s, we'd, we'd done fairly well. Um, I was entrenched in Cedia at that point. I learned a lot from being involved in Cedia. And um, and they came to us one day and said, do you want to merge? You know, oh. Because they, what was, what was going on in their world is their market was shrinking as the integration market was growing. And mm-hmm. they were struggling really to get their handle on integration. Gotcha. So we so that's what happened. We merged at that point. And then you also had another company, as I recall, uh, Connected Spaces, which, which if correct me if I'm wrong, or yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you focused a lot on service with that company, right? No, that was a third company. Oh, okay. So, so what ended up happening was we merged um, with La Scala in 2000, and of course, then 9/11 happened. Yeah. Not too long after that, which is really difficult for the industry. And then um, uh, I ended up buying my business partner out and then buying the La Scala side out, which would take us to about the mid of uh, of the 2000s. 
and started to really grow the business. And um, what we found was, as this progressed in the, the sort of that last between 2005 and, and uh, 2010, that there was a real shift going on in the marketplace. And that shift was there was high, high end, which La Scala was doing, but there was mm. also a growing mid-market. And it was a different, it just didn't work. We just couldn't get our handle on mid-market. So at that juncture, 2009, a competitor came to me in our market who was a mid-market guy and said, do you want to work together? And I kind of learned that partnerships were really dated. They were, it was a hard thing. Mm -hmm. So we ended up with, with, with uh, taking over that business. And that actually, um, we morphed into Connected Spaces. Ah. So it so it allowed me to really manage my overheads and my business in two discrete areas, very high end um, audio, video and integration, which was La Scala and the mid market, which was connected spaces. And they seemed to work in opposite patterns, which was was very interesting. Yeah. And then out of that, we actually built a service department and that service department, which we call Pacificech manage the service for all of, of our customers, whether ah. it was at the La Scala side or at the connected spaces side. Very interesting. Very interesting. So I, I think it was important for our audience to, to understand the, the well-roundedness uh, of, of what you've uh, been through and what you've built because it's a, it's a very, very impressive career. Oh, thank you. I call it a happenstantial career. <laughs> funny thing about this industry is most of us didn't plan to get here we just kind of we just kind of showed up and it's kind of yeah, more kind of showed up yeah <laughs> yeah it's a great industry i think over the years when you think about that from the beginning of the 90s to now it's such a different industry yeah what what's uh what's the important difference um uh for our audience to understand uh about what started off as the custom installation in industry and now is blossom in, blossom into a systems integration industry. That's a really good question. I think um, I think the key difference is the sophistication of the integrators. We we were all of us trunk slammers. You know, yeah. there were audio video companies that knew they needed to move into that world, but really anybody who started off in the systems, it was sort of with the automation side of it, I'll call it at that time, there was no structures. There was very little um, that you could, that you could standards or, or elements that you could depend on or lean on or, lurk from, or learn from. And that's where Cedia was so powerful and so important. So yeah. I think what's happened over the years is we've now, we're a more sophisticated community. So the operations of the firms, like I've been impressed. I, I did a couple of interviews, as you know, and I was impressed with, you know, companies that had seven or eight divisions now. And um, that, you know, there's no question about it. They were integrating all, anything on a low voltage network. And mm -hmm. that has really grown. And, of course, the wireless side of it, that's grown as well. Yeah. Everybody was so afraid of wireless, and it's turned out that it still needs to be managed. It still needs to be managed. Yeah. 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 The average consumer is not just going to throw it together and hope it works uh, with, no. with all the things in the network, right? You know, if we go back 20 years ago, there was a couple of things in the network. Now there's hundreds of things in your home that are all connected. Yep. Uh, yeah. Some people, some people in the industry 
are are very focused on uh, trying to ch- achieve, you know, maybe a 70-30 or 60-40 split on parts and, and labor, you know, in their business. In, in your opinion, is there is there some magic formula or some magic number for that distribution of parts versus labor? What have you found? You know, it's interesting. I I I think it depends on the model. And um, I it was a time when I thought because I watched the prices of products that we were handling constantly under downward pressure. It, yeah. it seemed to me that. You know, the players, the Lutrons and the the larger players wanted that mid-market. Mm-hmm. And so as I watched this and I saw more electricians becoming involved, which were really a competent, very well-organized entry into the market. Um, I thought, you know, I, I, I wonder that if we look at the electrical contractors model, in most cases, it's it's the labor that's charged and the parts, they're not there. They, it is mostly labor. Yeah. And so I assumed our market would go there. I'm, I'm understanding that has not happened. I've done a bunch of other interviews where, where uh, on podcasts where we've talked a little bit further about uh, uh, labor and, and not charging enough for it, and, and the formulas, you know, for how to get to what that number is, and and that. But it's it's still a big challenge in the, in the industry, without a doubt. It is a challenge, and you know, my my knowledge and my experience in this. I think a lot of this comes from the birthing of our industry, where you had audio video companies wanting to sell gear, sending their sales guys out to hook it up. And of course, they didn't charge for labor. Right. And so that they morphs, usually did it after work. <laughs> yeah, they do it after work. So that morphs into our industry. And we're all new. We don't really know what is reasonable and what isn't reasonable. The consumer is resistant to labor anyway. They see value in intangible goods. They don't see value in labor. Yeah. And so I think we became an apologetic industry where we we used labor to sell product. And one thing for sure, I can tell you in my company, we did not do that. Mm-hmm. We we build. And I started building my the back end of my my information system, really paying attention to where was that labor going? If yeah. nothing else, and we'll probably talk about this later, but if nothing else, I could sit down with the client and say, here, you know, my guys were here. Here's what they did. This is what it takes. And I think having that confidence and having the backup information, these aren't stupid people. Right. Help them get where they needed to go. And so I personally coach, you, charge for your labor. It's all you are. That is your differentiator. Respect it and charge it. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Well, great. It's been a great conversation. Uh, folks, uh, Maryland has a whole series uh, coming up uh, throughout the next uh, several months uh, in the Smartpreneur blog as well as podcasts. Uh, so you can catch more of her a little bit later. Uh, this was our introduction. And thank you, Marilyn, for being here today. You're welcome. Okay, Smartpreneurs, thanks for joining us. Uh, remember, you can catch the Smartpreneur podcast. Uh, you can watch it on simplyreliable.com. You can go to our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash simplyreliable. You can watch it on Apple Podcasts, or you can listen to it anywhere you're normally listening to podcasts. So have a great day. Keep on selling. And join us next time on the Smartpreneur podcast. 